it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it sure is. We are coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting as we always do from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who is not a complete and total disaster. That is a fact check false. Oh, come on. All right, I'm a little nuts. But White House Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre has no idea what's going on. She's worse than Kamala. The good news is she fits right in with the rest of the Biden administration. The bad news is she fits right in with the rest of the Biden administration. Biden sucks. Bad ratings numbers out uh, on inflation that we're going to get into in this hour. We also got some bad numbers for the January 6th committee, which, according to Nielsen, is must flee TV. And uh, more indicators on the economy that this is not a president that you can count on when it comes to getting people to work. A three-letter word, jobs, J-O-B-S, jobs. We will discuss it uh, with Jim Jordan from the 4th Congressional District of Ohio. Daniel Turner, of course, the founder and executive director of Power the Future, is going to take us inside Biden's field trip to Saudi Arabia. And, of course, your fine self, always welcome. It is 888 888-788-9910. 888-788-9910. You know the deal, this show, an audio safe space for cool people. We don't care how you vote. We don't care what you think. We don't care what you believe. I say every day, the top of the show, the bottom of the show, the middle of the show, you can be a Republican, you can be a Democrat, just don't be a That is all. As we begin day two, day two on Beaver County Radio out in Ambridge, PA, Beaver Falls, PA, places that are the home of the great Joe Namath, New York Jets legend. Of course, Terry Francona, who managed the Boston Red Sox to a World Series. That was the worst thing I ever heard. We hate the Red Sox on this show, but we like Terry Francona. We like New Brighton. Uh, We like everybody out there uh, in that area. So shout out to you for having us on the show. And a shout out to everybody who watched me on the Gutfeld show last night. Dana Perino hosting the heck out of that show. It was epic. And uh, I posted clips. If you haven't seen them on the Fox Across America Facebook page, you can check them out. They're also on Twitter at Jimmy Fela. And uh, the only other programming note is if you happen to be up in Vermont this Friday, we're coming up. We're going to be at the Spanked Puppy in Colchester, Vermont, uh, I will be doing my show from the legendary WVMT studios in Burlington that morning. And then Mikey and myself are heading up to the Spanked Puppy, and it's going to get nuts. So get your game face on if you happen to be in the area. Uh, another date we are adding to the Fox Across America World Tour, August 19th. We're going to be in the Lake of the Ozarks. I will be at the Encore Lakeside Grill and Sky Bar. Sounds swanky. If you want tickets to that, it's the EncoreGrill.com. If you can't wait that long to laugh, allow me to suggest a White House press briefing because I got to tell you, this diversity hire that's at the press podium right now is just doing a terrible job. Tell them like it is. It's, we're in a bad situation, okay? And if you listen to the show day in and day out, you get who I am, okay? I root for the country a lot harder than I root for any political party because if the country is doing good, we all do good. And I come from the type of background where I could use a little help. 
okay? I spent most of my life driving a taxi in New York City. Yeah, I went to community college, but I didn't really go. Like, I enrolled, and then I spent most of my time playing video games and getting hammered in the parking lot. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. I don't know. It was a good way for me. I had a good time. But the point is, I am not uniquely positioned in life to succeed without a flourishing America around me, without a rising tide that can lift all boats. So when I'm trashing an administration, be them Republicans or Democrats— there's no joy in it. I'm not like, oh, goody, we get to be mad at these guys. Because here's the ne- the thing, man. If they suck, we all suck. He knows what he's talking about. And that's where we find ourselves today. We've got a baby formula crisis. I'm going to bring you right through this clip. Okay, there's so many different things going on in the White House press briefing these days. But we've got a formula crisis here in America that I'm sure you've heard about. Like, it's so much so, like, people are literally buying black market baby formula. Like, that's not supposed to be a thing. Trust me, as a former New York City cab driver, there's a lot of things that belong on the black market, and I know how to find them. I can get you anything you want in 20 minutes. But I should not be using my vice connections to get baby formula, okay? There's no world where that should become the kind of conversation that begins with, you know, we should never be buying baby formula under a transaction that begins with, hey, you're not a cop, are you? But that's exactly what's going on now, and it's disgusting. So when Corinne Jean-Pierre was asked yesterday at the White House what the update was on baby formula, the God's honest truth is she didn't have one. You gotta do better than that. And I'm not even making it up. Listen to this. It's clip three. So I have two questions on baby formula. So first, um, what is the White House... What is the latest update the White House has received on the current formula situation across the country? Yeah, let me see if I have anything new for you on that. Um... I think it's been a couple of days since we have asked, been asked that question. Okay. I don't have anything new. I know we made some announcements last week. Uh, I, don't, I just don't have them in front of me. That was absolutely dreadful. And I want you to understand one thing, why that's so egregiously bad, is her response is, you know, do I have any updates? Well, we haven't been asked that question in a few days. But here's the deal. If you're legitimately working on it, you don't need to be asked the question to be prepared with an answer. Correct the mundo. So when she says, well, let me see here. Let me go through the binder. We haven't been asked that question in a few days. What she's really saying is. We're not working on it. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. Okay, again and again and again. My frustration with this administration, I don't care what their political party or affiliation happens to be. My frustration is their priorities, okay, are not your priorities. Your priorities are not their priority. When you're dealing with a baby formula shortage, dude, we're talking about baby formula. We're talking about the things that nourish and feed babies. You cannot show indifference to the plight of people who can't feed their kids, but that's exactly what's going on in this White House. Hey, any update on the starving baby thing? Can you leaf through the binder and give us something? The answer would be no. No, they don't give you one. And I'm just telling you that's disastrous. And you understand the kind of show this is, okay? It's not a political show. It is sports talk radio for politics. 
and that I will tell you who's winning, I will tell you who's losing, I will tell you why that's the case. Okay, we're talking X's and O's when I get on the air. I'm not in charge of steering your vote. I am not an activist. Again, I am a talk show host. I went to community college and majored in intro to Xbox. I don't consider myself to be the guy who's defining popular sovereignty in this country. But sadly, I'm almost qualified to do so because this is a, a, an administration. This is a time in America that's unprecedentedly stupid. I agree with that. But there are more non-answers and bad answers that, again, demonstrate more of a concern with protecting the administration than helping the American people. Listen to this question on the economy. She's talking about how the economy, oh, it's ba- it's bouncing back. We're positioned so well. Everything's going great. You're not telling me the truth. Yo, the U.S. economy shrank in the first quarter of 2022. Do you know what that means? That means we went backwards. That means our financial situation worsened. This could be a problem. But here is Karine Jean-Pierre. Telling you it's not a problem. No, it's good. Check it out. It's clip one. He has made this uh, his top economic priority as we're talking about inflation, as we're talking about uh, the economy. Like, we have to remember where this country was uh, more than a year ago when he walked into office. The economy uh, was not in a great place. And now we're seeing an economy that's bouncing back. Eight million jobs, um, 8.7 million jobs created. Unemployment is low. So that is why we believe we're in a good position to take on inflation. You were lying your ass off. Okay, understand, man. Whenever they talk to you about job creation, they're lying to you. And the reason I can say that to you is these aren't new jobs that didn't exist. These were jobs that went away before the pandemic that have come back now that society reopened. So you're not getting a new job. You're getting your old job back. You know, and a good example of that I would give you is – You know, if I come home tonight at five in the morning, okay, covered in glitter, smelling like hooker perfume, and Jenny throws me out of the house, it happens, folks. It's a long season. Nobody goes undefeated. But if Jenny throws me out of the house and I go spend a week living in my Bronco, when Jenny, you know, finds Jesus and lets me back into the house a week from now, I don't get to say I got a new house because I'm just returning back to the old house. I think he's got a point. And in this instance, that's what happened with the economy. People were thrown out of their jobs. In some instances, they've gotten them back. That's not job creation. If you want to call it job restoration, fine. But when you're saying things like, oh, no, we're positioned greatly. We're in a unique position right now. I'm telling you, we've we've got a couple of clicks. We're selling our kidneys on eBay. We're in a good position. We're starting an OnlyFans. Okay, we're in a we've we've historically haven't been in a worse position in the last 40 years than we are right now as it pertains to inflation. We're in the worst position we've ever been in in the history of gas prices. Again, things have gotten so expensive at the pump. They don't even list the prices anymore. They just show a picture of the sex act. You're going to have to perform behind the station to pay for gas. What the hell did you just say? Hi, fill it up on the missionary, please. I mean, that's what's going on. So this idea that we're uniquely positioned, it's just a lie. And again, I don't want this lie to be told, so I'm not like, ha-ha, I've got them. We'll take the fight to the Democrats. It's not about the Democrats. The people who are in charge of the country are in charge of all of us. So if I'm saying again that they suck, it means we have to suck too. But here is another explanation from Corrine Jean-Pierre that, you know, even though Peter Ducey had asked her, well, every single stock gain that has taken place under Biden – 
something he has mentioned a lot in the past. He's like, well, you know, I don't brag about the market like my predecessor, but look how much it's gone up since I got back into office. And why did it go up? Because we reopened the economy. It was poised to come exploding out of the gate because the economic contraction that ensued during the pandemic was not natural. We didn't naturally contract the economy. It was like an act of God, like a mother nature type deal. Well, a birthing person nature. It's 2022. You can't assume a storm's gender. But the point is the economy contracted in an unnatural manner. So just taking the bureaucratic boot off the neck of businesses was going to put us back into a trajectory to succeed. But sadly, the administration got in the way. They paid enhanced unemployment benefits that made it impossible to hire people, which slowed down hiring. And then they came through with a vaccine mandate that say what you want about the vaccine. But the God's honest truth is we do know scientifically natural immunity will inoculate you better against this COVID thing than the vaccine that I got. Okay, but we didn't actually include natural immunity in the vaccine qualification debate. That's stupid. Use your common sense. And because of that, people got fired. It made it harder to hire people. And it continued to slow an economy that didn't need help from the government. It just needed the government to get the hell out of the way. Government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. But here is Corinne Jean-Pierre telling you that the American people are still in, you're still in good shape. Here it is. Check this out. It's clip two. We're watching closely. Uh, we know families are concerned about inflation in the stock market. Uh, that is something that the president is is really aware of. And so, look, we face global challenges. We've talked about this. Uh, this is we're not the only country dealing uh, with what we're seeing at the moment as it relates to inflation. You know, Putin Putin's price hike, inflation uh, coming coming out of a once in a generation uh, global pandemic. All all of those things play a factor. And, uh, and you know, but the thing, the way that we see this is that the American people are well positioned uh, to face these challenges because of the economic historic uh, gains that we have made uh, under this president, under this president in the last 16 months. It's nothing more than white noise coming from the White House. Again, and do you hear the opportunistic, oh, it's Putin's price hike. Well, if it's really Putin's price hike, how come Biden's response is, Exxon's making too much money. Tax the rich. We're not taking the fight to Putin. And if Putin's war in Ukraine is what's really driving up the prices, shouldn't we be making it a priority to end the war in Ukraine? If this is the economic root of all evil, why are we sending $40 billion over there to keep this thing going on? It doesn't square with the logic she's peddling. But when she says, oh, the American people are in a great position, what do you in what world? People can't retire anymore. We just wiped out literally every economic gain made in the stock market since this guy took office. Okay, now the American people, despite the stock market, they're in a great shot. I mean, look at it. You can't retire the way you planned, but, you know, you can go on YouPorn. You can start a site. Golden Girls Gone Wild, Grandma. Give it a go. Sure, there's no more money in the bank. But once you upload that video to hitgrannyandthefanny.com, everything will be fine. I know I sound ridiculous, and I better watch it, because if I don't, if I get a little more ridiculous, they'll hire me in this White House. You're absolutely right. The show that leaves you without hope or change. I'm telling you, man, this stuff will poison your mind. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. 
I'm Charles Payne. Listen to my Unstoppable Prosperity podcast so I can get you making money right now. Whether stocks are hitting new all-time highs or in freefall mode, opportunities abound. So why are so many potential investors still sitting on the sidelines? In a new season of my podcast, I'm going to get you in the game. After 38 years on Wall Street, I'm ready to impart some lessons and get you invested in the greatest wealth-generating machine in history. Listen anytime, everywhere at foxbusinesspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. You want to know why we can't have nice things in this country? It's because the people in charge of it are too busy blaming people for our problems as opposed to actually solving the problems. The proof here is Joe Biden, your president, just spoke at the AFL-CIO moments ago. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did happen. And here he is telling you it's Putin's price hike and nothing else. It's clip 41. That's why my plan is not finished and why the results aren't finished either. Jobs are back. But prices are still too high. COVID is down, but gas prices are up. It's not Putin's price hike. Uh, you know, the God's honest truth is, and we might have played you the wrong clip there. I'm not sure, but we'll work it out. <laughs> but when he says, it, you know, the word's not done and everything's going on and COVID's down and gas prices are up and basically what you're hearing is word salad. You're not hearing solutions. Okay, real Americans have their backs against the wall. And nobody knows better than Valerie, who is down in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Yo, Valerie. Hey, girl. Hello. How you doing, pal? Hi. Hey, hey. I'm doing okay, listening to you as often as I can. Wow, don't do it too much. They'll throw you in a home. They'll put you in an insane asylum you listen to the show too much. you got to be careful, girl. I make up my own mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least, at least one of us still has one, so you got that going for you. Uh, <laughs> you were telling Mikey... That you're going back to the oil fields? Is that the deal? Yes, sir. Uh, you remember I left back in January. Mm-hmm. And um, I've been working out here for about four or five months now. Uh-huh. Things were supposed to pick up when the weather got better in the uh, late spring. Okay. We're almost in summer now. Mm-hmm. And uh, the projects that have been scheduled to be conducted at night, like some road work and construction, et cetera, those projects are not being done. Um, what I see is a slowdown. Yeah. A slow down. Mm-hmm. Um, fewer hours. Instead of working a 10-hour day, we're working a seven-and-a-half, eight-and-a-half-hour day. Yep. Um, I mean, everything's going up. The, the insurance cost for owning and operating the big trucks that, you know, get the construction done, mm-hmm. carry the groceries to the grocery store, you know, and my heart is breaking because um, I'm going to be okay. Yeah. But there's other people that have uh, maybe large families or more responsibilities that, you know, they're tough. They're feeling it. No, they they are feeling it. Not everybody's as tough as you, but I mean, the God's honest truth is Biden sucks. (laughs) He's screwing up everything and we need him to get his act together. Valerie, uh, perfect summation of your words. Let's do it again soon, girlfriend. Out of the gates and ready to go. Hey, it's Hutton with Ro. Hot Mike is here on the Outkick Network. We've got your afternoon covered with the latest sports discussion, and it's available wherever you find your audio. Daily analysis and news. He is hot. I am Mike. Actually, my <laughs> name is Chad. 
His name is Jonathan, but you get the picture. We're going to bring it every single day. Whatever you want to call us, we'll respond to. We just want you to respond to what we're dishing out every day. And while you're here, we hope you subscribe to the podcast, like, subscribe, and share. And now, great moments in presidential history. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Why the hell would I take a test? Come on, man. I am, uh, I am very willing to let the American public judge my physical and mental fil- my physical as well as my mental fil- fitness. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. That's your President Joe Biden. Uh, another effort where he decided to quit talking in the middle of a sentence because he was finished. We have a president that is clearly not all there. Seriously, the guy is sending in the conversational punt team on second down uh, in any other generation. You do get take away the guy's car keys. But in this instance, we were like, no, here's the nuclear codes. Go ahead. Biden's lost his marbles. It's a mess. But he's not actually the president making headlines right now in this hour. Uh, We've got some more reaction to the January 6th committee yesterday. And if you're listening to the show for the first time, and I know some of you are, okay, we're making history this week out on Beaver County, Pennsylvania in Ambridge. And, of course, in Beaver Falls, where my, you know, I got family out there, a lot of Polish falcons are day drinking right now in their Polish Falcon jackets, slamming Boilermakers with my Uncle Sam, my man Sam Kakovsky. My Uncle Sam, by the way, who is from uh, the Ambridge area, was in General Douglas MacArthur's honor guard. He's a legend. He's an icon in my family. He's one of the reasons I was raised to root for the country harder than any political party. But what's happening with January 6th is this is not an exercise in helping the country. It is very much a coordinated effort to help one political party. I admire your honesty. And the only reason I can say that and understand this, okay, nobody is okay with what happened on January 6th. Not on this show, not on this network. I was on the air when it happened. I was like, this is horrific. You can't do that. If you're storming the Capitol, you're not a Republican. You're not a Democrat. You're a That is it. We all agreed in real time. This is awful. This cannot go on. We roundly condemn this. Okay, where we don't agree is the repurposing of what happened on January 6th as a coup attempt, as an attempt to overthrow the most powerful government in the world. Yo, if you're overthrowing the most powerful government in the world, you show up with weapons as opposed to one guy in a Chewbacca bikini. And again, people were beat, they were attacked, windows were broken, and yeah, 80% of the people were let in and wandered around and took pictures. It wasn't good. It was really, really bad. I consider it a low point in our nation's history. No differently than the attacks on the White House in the summer of 2020, which you don't hear about in the media, but understand. 50 Secret Service agents were hit with bricks and rocks during the George Floyd riots. It got bad enough that Trump was hustled into a bunker underneath the White House and derisively referred to from that day forward as Bunker Boy. You didn't hear a word about that anywhere in the press. The media is a bunch of losers. Well, there are people with an agenda, and the problem is when your personal political agenda is bigger than your country's prosperity, you wind up in a position where we are now with something as horrific as January 6th not being an agreeable issue. We all agreed that it was bad, but rather than just working on what happened and making sure it didn't happen again, clearly we have a problem with people's confidence in our voting system. 
okay, we had Democrats in 2016 tell us the election was stolen. I've played you the montage a million times. Here it is one more time for good measure. As I've been telling candidates who have come to see me, you can run the best campaign, you can even become the nominee, and you can have the election stolen from you. Do you agree that Donald Trump is, in effect, not a legitimate president? I think that there's no question that the process that elected him was not legitimate. The president-elect, although legally elected, is not legitimate. Donald Trump is an illegitimate president. I think the interference, although not yet quantified, uh, if fully investigated, would show that Trump didn't actually win the election in 2016. You can't handle the truth! So you understand, everybody you hear on that montage, Hillary Clinton... Jimmy Carter, every one of these prominent Democrats that's telling you that the 2016 election was outright stolen, turned around when Trump did the same thing. He's like, oh, it was stolen. They're like, how dare you? That's treason. That's just how white folks will do you. And that's how they did him. You understand? Okay, so what Trump did isn't right. Okay, but it's no different than what they did. But when we have a double standard on who can and can't challenge an election, we have no standard, no differently than political violence. A lot of people on the right don't take the Democrats serious when it comes to January 6th because they saw a tacit indifference to the political protests of 2020 that caused $2 billion in property damage, saw 42 people die along the way, and oh, by the way, burnt down 100 black-owned businesses in the near north of Minneapolis only to have Kamala Harris tweet that you need to bail out the violent protesters. Kamala's awful with her weird laugh. Ha-ha! So when you see indifference to one side's violence, but like this, you know, rigorous, we've got to go after this and throw the book at him on the other side, you have a hard time getting a lot of people to buy into something we should easily be able to buy into. But again and again and again, the agenda is always more important than the collective prosperity. So you need to know this. We all think January 6th is bad, shouldn't go on. We just don't agree on what it represents. And what we're seeing now in the effort to manipulate this into something else, it's got Larry Summers, okay? He is over on CNN yesterday. CNN is the worst. It it really is, okay? But he's telling you that the Republicans' reaction, they're downplaying to the January 6th committee is what's causing inflation. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. Never mind, okay, that the point of the January 6th committee, we were told, because this is the director's cut of an impeachment that took place in January of 2021. Do you remember they impeached Trump post-presidency with the goal of showing that his role in the events leading up to January 6th were grounds to ban him from running for office ever again? It didn't work. Nobody really bought it. It's hard to say this guy incited a riot if he's not being criminally charged for inciting a riot. It's hard to say this guy coordinated an attack on the Capitol when he's not being criminally charged with coordinating an attack on the Capitol. But we were told this time was different. No, no, we're putting out the director's cut now. We've got all this new evidence, and you're going to see that Trump told them to do it himself. It was a win-win for the Gipper. Win one for the Trumper. Storm one. Stage a coup. Stage one for the Trumper. That's what we were told. But we're through two hearings now, and nobody has made the claim, nor have they shown the evidence that would suggest he coordinated this thing or told people to do it. Was his rhetoric bad? Yes. I told you the day of. He shouldn't have been given a speech down the block from the Capitol. But when even Rachel Maddow is flat out saying that we have to acknowledge the people at his speech were not the ones who stormed the Capitol, you kind of lose the wind beneath your wings, to put it in Bette Midler terms. Okay, but that is what happened. 
But here is Larry Summers over on CNN saying the Republicans are causing inflation by not caring about the committee. It's clip eight. I think the banana Republicans who are saying that what happened on January 6th was nothing or okay are undermining the basic credibility of our country's institutions. And that in turn feeds through uh, for inflation. Because if you can't trust the country's government, why should you trust uh, its money? So I think it's terribly important mm. that we take the temperature down in Washington, that we recognize behavior that's just out of bounds of reasonable and decency. We give the Fed the room it needs. Why do you do things like that? You're like a crazy person. Like an actual crazy person, to quote the late great Kevin Meaney. Okay, just to take this quote for what it is. The Republicans were saying that what happened on January 6th was nothing or okay. It's totally false. Nobody in the Republican Party says it was nothing. Nobody says it was okay. We all say it was bad. It shouldn't have happened. This is not a good day for the country. It's just not what they're portraying it as, which is an attempt to overthrow the government. It's more like the end of Animal House when the fraternity has been barred. So they just upended the homecoming parade. And again, it's not good. I've seen the violent imagery. I'm not condoning it. But they're trying to repurpose it. And you would, too, if your party was presiding over a 40 year high in inflation, unaffordable gas prices and a record level of fentanyl overdose deaths, not to mention that the murder rate has spiked 32 percent in this country since the defund the police movement started. Other than that, how'd you like the play, Mrs. Lincoln? It's a bad time to be. So you might understand why they want to fight this battle politically, but it's not a political battle that helps the country. And one of the things that hurts it even more is we live in this age now where I tell you this all the time of incentivized stupidity, where people are trying so hard to cut through the 24-hour news cycle and gain relevance. It's so omnipotent in our lives that people feel like the only way to cut through is to to portray the issue in the most outlandish terms imaginable. So Stephen A. Smith, who's a professional jackass. Okay, I know a lot of people who know him and say he's personally fine. I don't know him personally, but I've heard he's actually a nice guy and I'd get along with him just fine. But whatever that means, he is a jackass on the air and gets paid quite handsomely for doing so. Okay, he wants you to understand these are the type of voices that are participating in this discourse that black people would have been slaughtered if they stormed the Capitol. Now, this is really stupid and out to lunch for two reasons. One, this is something that didn't happen. So now we're not just discussing the Capitol. This is him trying to force some other agenda onto the Capitol. But again, this is why we can't take the basic principle we agreed upon, which is, hey, you can't storm the Capitol. But instead of addressing why they stormed the Capitol, they stormed the Capitol because they didn't trust the outcome of the election. Donald Trump said it was stolen. Shouldn't have did that because if you don't have proof that it's stolen, you can't claim that it is. The Democrats did it for four years after 2016. We bash them every day. You're not supposed to become the thing you hate. But what we really needed in the end after January 6th was not a referendum on white supremacy. We needed a hard bipartisan look into election integrity. But there's no appetite to do so. In fact, we're being told if you want to probe the election integrity, you're just going to inspire another January 6th. You can't undermine the faith in democracy. You know, like all these montages I play you of Democrats saying the voting machines were hacked in 2016 and again in the 2018 midterms. Have a listen, man. 
I continue to think that our voting machines are too vulnerable. In 2018, electronic voting machines in Georgia and Texas deleted votes for certain candidates or switched votes from one candidate to another. The biggest seller of voting machines is doing something that violates Cybersecurity 101, directing that you install remote access software, which would make a machine like that, you know, a magnet for fraudsters and hackers. These voting machines can be hacked quite easily. You could easily hack into them. It makes it seem like all these states are doing different things, but in fact, three companies are controlling this. I mean... Such an idiot. This is pretty much the worst video ever made. So you understand, they spent four years saying, now the machines are hacked. Okay, think about that Larry Summers quote. He said the Republicans who are downplaying the January 6th committee are undermining faith in our institutions. So what words does he have for that montage I just played you of every Democrat telling you 2016 was stolen and the machines were hacked? Yo, if we're in the democracy business and the last two elections have ended with the losing side claiming fraud, it would help us if we actually looked into, I don't know, election integrity. Think about it. If we sell pizzas... And the last two pizza deliveries we make give us a phone call that say, hey, I think somebody might have peed in the sauce. (laughs) At the very least, we're going to see Raymond in the back to make sure his fly zipped up. But in this instance, we're like, no, how else can we spin this? The economy's January 6th. Racism's January 6th. Never mind the Stephen A. Smith clip I'm about to play you. Okay, weapons grade jackass. Okay. A unarmed white woman, and race shouldn't be an issue here, but an unarmed white woman was shot and killed by a Capitol Police officer on January 6th. Ashley Babbitt, she served this country in the Air Force, shot and killed by a cop, okay, a Capitol Police officer. You don't hear much about her, but when he says, oh, black people would have had it much worse, how much worse could it be than shot in the throat and killed? Okay, that's the stupidity of this moment is everybody's trying to spin the discussion into this other area. And it's why we're not making progress. So when I get on the air and I'm like, yo, you know, I really care about the country. I actually do. Like I'm new. I've only had this show for two years. I don't like make a gazillion dollars and I'm on like my fifth wife and I've got some type of pill addiction. Like it's all coming. Like that's the ghost of Christmas future. But we're not there yet. You can take advantage of me and this massive platform we have while I actually care. Okay, but when you listen to something like what Stephen A. Smith is in this saying in this clip, these are the words of a man who doesn't care. These are the words of, hey, look at me. Hey, over here. And that's the problem right now. Everybody's trying to get their relevance. Everybody's trying to have their bright, shiny moment. Nobody's trying to solve the problem. Listen to this clip. It's, it's so dumb. So you, just brace yourself. Here it is, clip 30. Jack Del Rio's comments were insensitive. They were wrong. As far as I'm concerned, and when you call the insurrection a dust-up, people were killed. They tried to overthrow yeah, our man. government. I mean, and, and listen, look, and, and, and we even bring up the fact that if it were black people instead of white folks out there, oh, they'd have got, yeah, black folks might have got man. slaughtered. Black folks might have got slaughtered. We, and, and, all the things, and all the things that have happened to us in our nation's history, we never stormed the U.S. Capitol. We knew better than that. You must be crazy. When are you going to stop believing in something that isn't true? Folks, left-wing terrorists actually set off a bomb at the U.S. Capitol, if you know your history well. They stormed the White House in the summer of 2020. They have surrounded the Supreme Court during the Brett Kavanaugh confirmation hearings. Violence in Washington is nothing new, sadly. But when he's saying, they tried to overthrow the government, yo, they didn't, they didn't, if you're trying to overthrow the government, 
You're showing up with guns. You're showing up with knives. Yes, you can use a fire extinguisher as a weapon. Yes, you can use a flagpole as a weapon. That happened. And that's not good. And I'm not okay with it. But when he says this was an insurrection, he's lying. And when he piggybacks race off of the fact, he's lying even more. But understand what this is in response to. Jack Del Rio, coach on the Redskins, had to apologize for a tweet where he portrayed the incident at the Capitol as a dust-up. He said, how come we never investigate the damage caused by the George Floyd riots? How come we never look into the 42 people who died that summer? How come we never look into the $2 billion in property damage, but there's a dust-up at the Capitol and everybody goes crazy? Now, you could argue semantics that you shouldn't say dust-up. Maybe you should say hullabaloo. Maybe you should say, you know, an F for all, whatever the hell you want to say. But he's not misrepresenting it any worse than Stephen Smith and the people who call it an insurrection. Because it's not an insurrection if you show up without guns and knives thinking you're going to overthrow the most powerful military fighting force in the history of the world. But again, he's not interested in an honest conversation. In this moment, he, like everybody else trying to spin it and exploit it for their own gain and relevance, is only interested in getting clout off the back of everybody else's fury. When you're right, you're right. And you're right. The critics have spoken. It's a mess. It's a mess. This is Fox Across America. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Get ready. Jim Jordan's joining us in the next hour from the 4th Congressional District of Ohio. He is a fella that was going to be on the January 6th committee at one point. But but the Democrats removed, removed the minority party's ability to seat members on the panel and cross-examine witnesses. When you hear people saying the term show term, show trial on Twitter, like Molly Hemingway has been tweeting that a lot. She's joining us later this week, the great Molly Hemingway from The Federalist. She has been tweeting that this is a Soviet-style show trial. You know, as Biden says, that's not hyperbole, folks. It, it really is because the only Republicans on the committee are Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger, who have no future in the Republican Party. OK, they are not allowing, as they traditionally would, the cross-examination of witnesses. So this is one point of view. This is one take on what happened to January 6th designed to shape the opinion of the American people. But according to the ratings, it ain't going to work any time soon if you're looking at the Nielsen numbers. Not even close! Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, you bet it is. And we are fired up. Got a big hour coming up. Jim Jordan's going to be here. He's, of course, a superstar representative of the 4th Congressional District of Ohio, home of Jenny Fallon, my wife, a woman who did not have any idea how much better she could do in life when she met me. Uh, She certainly sold low, uh, but here she is riding along with the fastest-growing radio show in the country. So the joke's not exactly on her, nor is it on you. Uh, 888-788-9910, if you beg to differ, 888 788-9910. Right now, most people differing with the words of Joe Biden, who spoke a little while ago at the AFL-CIO. And I mean, if this is like a football game where you have like a challenge flag, you know, you want to challenge the instant replay, rewind the tape and 
say whether or not what we just called is accurate or is accurate. Joe Biden would exhaust your supply of challenge flags with every freaking word out of this guy's mouth. He's just lying. And again, I don't say this because I'm like a Republican on Fox News and we just go after Democrats. Yawn. Yo, I really don't care. If you listen to the show day in and day out, I am a guy that worked his way here from nothing. And I benefited from having a society that was a lot better than the one we're living in. And I just can't fathom. I went through a fuel crisis once. Okay, under Barack Obama, gas prices got historically high. I don't see you doing any better in the booty department. But it was in the run up to him taking over anyway, in the late stages of the Bush presidency into Obama, that gas was really bad. Okay, and I, as a cab driver at the time, was getting smoked, man. Okay, I had, you know, Jenny at home with a newborn Lincoln Fela. We, you know, I always say we didn't have talk about money in the bank. We didn't have a bank. You drive a cab, you kind of get paid cash, you throw it in a shoebox. And you just don't have anything at the end of the week. I mean, you're like literally when they say you're living like paycheck to paycheck, you're living ride to ride. You don't actually. I got audited as a cab driver because my gas expenses were so high. And they're like, you're not making any money. How are you getting by? I'm like, that's a good question. (laughs) Are you familiar with OnlyFans? I mean, it was bad. So understand that if you were to take those prices that were really crushing the Fala family, and add another dollar fifty a gallon to them, you got a real situation. That can't be good. No, it would have been crushing us. It would have been flat out crushing us. So I have so much empathy for the people that are taking this beating right now. And, I, you know, I'm trying to be like a conversational port in the storm. You know, sometimes talking helps and we give you some reasons and reassurance, you know. But what Joe Biden is doing, and this is politics 101, and it's just disgusting. Okay, we've always known in this country, always since I was a child, that politicians at the end of the day cared about themselves a lot more than they cared about you and me. Okay, they're always looking out for number one. And you'd always, that was the old cliche. Be like, ah, my buddy's a Republican, I'm a Democrat. But deep down, we all know these people are just in it for themselves. Okay, that was always the way, you know, we looked at it. But they always gave us the dignity, the consideration of pretending they cared. Okay, Joe Biden isn't even pretending to care. I agree with that. When he starts saying things like, oh, it's Putin's price. Like, yo, that's not a solution to the problem. That's you saying, well, I want you to be mad at somebody. I don't have an answer to this problem, but I don't want you to hold me accountable. So get out. It's Putin's price. Like when he starts yelling, oh, Americans have more money in the bank. They've never done better than that. You're a bald faced liar. A liar. You know, even when he says, oh, you know, we're out here. (laughs) I don't want to hear uh, about my reckless spending. Yo, the San Francisco Fed, San Francisco, it's not exactly MAGA monthly, says that Biden's American rescue plan, the $1.9 trillion he spent on COVID relief, that spent less than 9% of its money on COVID relief. That is financial lunacy. And this, it is pure financial lunacy because the San Francisco Fed, links that as the main cause of inflation in this country. They printed and spent money, which devalues our currency. Bingo. And the problem, okay, with too many dollars and not enough goods is that it started off a daisy chain of financial disasters that the Biden administration went from pretending weren't a problem to it is a problem, but it's transitory, it'll go away, to, okay, it's going to be here a while, but MAGA. Okay, 14 months after it started, it's still here. But Putin, 
And again, when you get out there as a status quo politician, more concerned with yourself than you are with the rest of us, it really does start to look disgusting because you're showing an indifference to real suffering that you have caused. Imagine you light somebody's house on fire, and as you walk by, they're trying to spray with a garden hose, and you just your reaction is, I've seen hotter. Oh, hey, thanks. Great. Yeah. You know, those were his comments last week. Inflation's all over the world, but we're doing a lot better here than we are everywhere. You're not telling me the truth. No, we're not. Inflation's higher here. I'm going to share you a report with you in the next hour, okay, that in the month of May, it went up again. It went up again. We're at a 40-year high year over year. Nobody has the inflation we have. And I don't want to hear about the other side of the world, COVID or the supply chain, because it's our own government's reaction to COVID and the supply chain that are causing the problems we actually have. That's true. That is true. But when he gets out there and does the old, well, you should see the other guy. Yeah, it's bad here. But yeah, you get lucky you're not living over there. Yo, that's not like... A reason to vote for you. That's not a reason to support for you. I've ruined everything, but I could have ruined it worse. The economy's 100 feet underwater, but it could be 200 feet underwater. I mean, we're going to drown, but we could have really drowned. I mean, that indifference to your suffering, that attempt to spin it into something beneficial to him politically. I'm telling you, man, it's disgusting. It's disgusting. Listen to these clips. This is Biden yelling that we have more savings now. Here it is, clip 39. Since I took office to your help, families are carrying less debt nationwide. They have more savings nationwide. More Americans applied for new small businesses last year than ever before in American history. Yo, the stock market has literally, there's a real number. Corinne Jean-Pierre was asked about it yesterday, didn't really have an answer. The stock market has wiped out every single gain. That was made under Joe Biden. Do you understand what that means? That means you don't have more savings because that place where your money happened to be has now seen a massive reduction in the amount of money you have in those accounts. Okay, so when he says this, he's just lying. He's campaigning like it's 1978 where you go around the country room by room and tell them what they want to hear with no national conversation taking place where they all share the things you've told them. Biden campaigns like he doesn't know we have a thing called video. He campaigns like like we don't have a thing called audio recordings. Okay, he just says whatever he wants in the room and just assumes it's not going to make its way around the country and no one will ever know he was lying his face off. But here we are. Here's Biden. Listen to the clip 40. This is bananas. Clip 40. I don't want to hear any more of these lies about reckless spending. We're changing people's lives. Garbage like you just makes me sick. Yeah, we're changing people's lives. They were going to retire, but now they can't retire. Biden sucks. Yeah, think about that. We're changing. Yeah, you're changing people's lives. Now, instead of working two jobs, three jobs. Now, instead of driving somewhere, they might want to walk. They might want to carpool. Now, instead of feeding their baby, there's a shortage of baby formula in this country. Oh, you're changing lives. All right. But you're not changing them for the good. I mean, oh, my God. What a f- I mean, just a straight-up clown. <laughs> Listen to this one. Ah, Putin's price hike. Clip 41. I'm doing everything in my power to blunt Putin's gas price hike. Ugh. Just since he invaded Ukraine, it's gone up $1.74 a gallon because of nothing else but that. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Gas has gone up 
because nothing else but Vladimir Putin's invasion of what went on in Ukraine? That is a fact check false. Yo, gas was going up for 14 straight months before Putin invaded Ukraine. And when he says he's doing everything in his power to lower the price of gas, he's lying to you. Okay, he declared war on the fossil fuel industry in this country, signed an executive order that killed killed the Keystone Energy Pipeline. He ended subsidies for leases. Okay, when he says things like, oh, Exxon's got more money than God. If it's Putin's price hike, why are we going after Exxon? Why are we saying we're going to tax the rich more? He's not a serious person. Okay, production is down because it's not it's not as profitable to be drilling under these circumstances where you've lost your federal subsidy. But when we talk about, you know, why production is down, it's because he told people, well, we're going to save the environment. No, you know, the people on the left who told you there was an ice age that was going to end the world by 1980, but then they said it was so hot we were going to die by 1990, but then neither of those things happened, so they just said, well, the weather's changing. They're crazy. Okay, climate change. What a stupid term. Yes, the climate is always changing. It's called the weather. The idea that the running, the longest running joke in broadcast history is that a weatherman, that's the best job in the world because you could be wrong 80% of the time. You could still keep your job. Okay, these same people who concede, we openly concede, the weatherman doesn't really know what the weather's going to be on Thursday. They want you to believe we should upend our entire economy, our entire fossil fuel industry, because they know for a fact what the weather's going to be 50 years from now. Democrats are so full of crap. Really think about that. The lie you're being told. Oh, and then when it all goes to hell, whoa, it's Putin's price. Like, yo, Putin's actions only affect our gas prices because of the position that Joe Biden put us in. I admire your honesty. That's why we're here. Okay, we were net exporters of energy at the end of the Trump administration. We were energy independent, meaning if Putin throws a fit, it doesn't affect you. Okay, but instead, in this effort to save the world, we relinquished our energy independence. And oh, by the way, if you really cared about pollution, which they don't, it's, you know, it's virtue signaling. Um, If you cared about pollution, you actually produce the oil here. Okay, the the reason being is we burn it cleaner here. It is cleaner. It's 42 percent cleaner here than it is anywhere else in these countries where we import it from Saudi Arabia, Russia, Venezuela. So do you understand again and again and again? Okay, we're making the environment worse. But if that's something you truly care about, which they don't, but we're making the environment worse by not producing the oil here, because not only are we buying it from a place where they burn it filthier, but we now have to ship it here from the other side of the world, which means we burn even more fuel. Oh, by the way, Vladimir Putin and his oil profits and his oil prices and his oil production back to exactly where he was at the start of the war. Think about that. They're all the way ramped back up to where they were. They're not suffering at all from an economic standpoint in their you know, fossil fuel production. Venezuela's, uh, you know, getting ready to send us some oil. If Biden has his way, OPEC's going to beef up production. He's going to buy it high and pricey off the Saudis as well. Okay, and we're only in this position because of him. But when he gets out there and starts yelling things at you, like, I don't want to hear a damn thing about the runaway spending. Yo, the runaway spending is what started this. And the refusal to acknowledge the mistake is what's put us in the position we are. This is Biden's problem, and I really mean this, man. 
Okay, he's concerned. He's so scared. He's so consumed by the political cost of everything that he's making every one of these problems worse because he's undermining our faith in his leadership. Traditionally, I was talking to Larry Kudlow about this in the green room last night. We were on Gutfeld. Traditionally, and I asked Kudlow this. This is, you know, something that, you know, I meant to share with you earlier in the show. Traditionally, okay, a president could buy back some confidence from the American people by putting some distance between himself and a crisis of mismanagement. Meaning at the end of the Afghan troop withdrawal, if Biden goes out and like fires two generals, you go, oh, the generals screwed up. They got this wrong. It's unacceptable. We got to do better. Then you go, all right, well, let's listen. At least there's some accountability. At least he's owning it. But Biden was so concerned with the short-term political cost of Afghanistan that he got on straight on, on, on TV with a straight face and said it was a success. That was embarrassing. That was the greatest airlift in American history. Yeah, why was the airlift a thing? Because you took the troops out with the guns ahead of the people and the diplomats with the smartphones. To this day, we still have Americans trapped. And oh, by the way, we lost 11 service members. That is not the definition of success. But he got on TV and told you it was because he was concerned with the perception over the reality. No different than now. The economy's cratering. Gas is a disaster. Inflation is out of control. It is all his fault. It's not Putin's fault. It's not Trump's fault. It's not COVID's fault. It's not supply chain's fault. It's Biden's fault. And you'd have a lot more confidence in his leadership if he just started firing members of his economic team. But he doesn't want to fire them because that would be admitting fault. So instead, he's going to yell at you about how spending's not the problem. Putin is. And you can just add that to the list of Biden lies. White House girls sent Biden to bed early Because he's really old and he's senile He makes up so much crap the country's worried He's lying like it's going out of style You can't hide Joe Biden's lies For a while they made some he tried I thought by now they'd realize There ain't no way to hide Joe Biden's lies Don't go anywhere. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We'll be right back. Oh, girl. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Rocking out to some Nirvana. Nirvana, I tell you. I'm not name dropping. I just have a crazy life. But the last time I was out in L.A., me and Lincoln Fellow were walking into a party because that's how I am. I just bring my kid anywhere. <laughs> I walked in the, and I saw Kirst Novacelic from Nirvana, the bass player. 
Uh, he was hanging out at Kennedy's, one of our uh, Fourth of July barbecues, and I uh, just walked right in. So I was, I like Nirvana. Obviously, I grew up in the 90s. You know, I was in high school in the 90s listening to Nirvana. It was great, wild stuff. Uh, and this song kind of takes me back because this is in utero, which actually came out uh, during my senior, senior year. But right now we're not talking about my senior year. We're talking about the senior citizens that are running the country into the ground. And uh, Mohammed El Arian, someone you're probably not familiar with, but he is the alliance chief economic advisor. He was on CBS yesterday, said the Democrats really screwed the pooch when it comes to inflation. Here it is, clip nine. I mean, what makes this very frustrating is it was partially avoidable. Um, this is going to have enormous economic, social, it hits the poor particularly hard, institutional and political consequences. And most of it could have been avoided had early actions been taken. The Fed is yet to explain to us why it got its forecast so wrong for so long. So basically, all he's saying is, let's go, Brandon. <laughs> the soundbite went on another minute. He just chanted, let's go, Brandon. I didn't have to play it for you. But no, he, you know, a lot of people feel this way. They didn't want to own the problem. This is the crisis of leadership in our country. If you want people to buy into your leadership, you can admit to making mistakes. When you don't admit to what we all know to be a legitimate mistake, it undermines our faith in what you're saying to us because we realize you're not capable of telling the truth. Oh, you're right. And when you're right, you're right. And you, you're always right. Oh, boy. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, coming to you, of course, from the greatest country in the world. Broadcasting from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City, fired up to talk to this next guest, a superstar representative from the 4th Congressional District of Ohio. He's kind of the Pete Rose of the January 6th committee in that they're not letting him play in the games. Uh, Jim Jordan is here. Yeah, what's going on, Pete Rose of Congress? Jimmy, good to be with you. How are you doing? You know, this is the thing, man. I'm good. You know, I'm nuts as always. Um, The term being thrown around a lot on the right is that this is a show trial. And the reason we're saying it, I just kind of want you to weigh in on this right out of the gate, is because they're not letting the minority party cross-examine witnesses, nor were you guys allowed to appoint members to the committee. Is that true? First time in American history. Yeah, first time in American history, the minority leader was not allowed to place on the select committee the individual he or she had selected. First time in the history of the, the Congress that hasn't been allowed. And as you point out, the, the real implication of that is there's no cross-examination. There's no, no adversarial type of relationship where we can do that. That's how we get to the truth in our system of justice, yeah. and, and there's none of that happening. Every other committee, if you're the majority party, you, uh, party, you, get, you get more members on the committee. We, mm-hmm. we understand that. But the minority always gets to, at a hearing, have at least one witness. The majority will get like three witnesses. You'll get one. But there's, there's always the opportunity to cross-examine any and all witnesses, except now, except with this committee. So, uh, yeah, it's a partisan show. I mean, uh, I don't remember Republicans ever using teleprompters in a hearing and, and, and this kind of thing, but that's what's going on here. It's crazy. It's like, it's like an infomercial, and the weird part is it's rating like an infomercial. People have already stopped watching it. <laughs> so, like, they postpone yeah. tomorrow's hearing. It's so weird because, like, it's not even, like, back-to-back. It's like the NBA Finals. You play on Tuesday. You play again next Friday. Right. Who, who the heck's right. in charge of this thing? It's not good. 
Um, but I bring yeah. it up. Jim Jordan's on the line. I don't mean to cut you off there, but I have to for one second. Never. Because the big yeah. the big point of the January 6th committee is that what? You know, dangerous rhetoric can lead to dangerous things. You know, we just had an actual attack on Brett Kavanaugh. And we've got Democrats stalling a vote to enhance protection of Supreme Court justices. Is that true? A month. Over a month. Almost six weeks. I mean, and, and so the fundamental question is why did it take so long? It's been a, over a month since the, since the leak, over a month of protests, over a month of, of direct violations of, of, the, of the statute, 18 U.S.C. Section 1507. And then, uh, and then it's been a, a week now since, as you point out, an assassination attempt on a United States sitting Supreme Court justice. I, and what did Pelosi say last week? Oh, no one's in danger? Yeah, but I, I think this is all driven by – this is about intimidation. That's been their pattern. It's to intimidate the court, intimidate conservatives, intimidate anyone who doesn't go go along with the left. So much so that they stalled this bill uh, for you know for for over a month. It's 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 insane, man. Now, what do you think of my theory? I was on Gutfeld last night, and um, you know Dana Perino was guest hosting because. You know, you know, they say, like, when you're replacing the biggest late night host in the country, you've got big shoes to fill. But in this case, it was a size four. They weren't very big <laughs> shoes. But, uh, but but you did a good job. And, uh, one yeah. of the points well, you made, do great on you do great on the show. I, I love watching that show. It's so funny. And you're late at night. You click on you watch the, you watch the monologue. Then you watch the first couple of rounds. And, mm-hmm. and uh, no, you do a great job. And, and of course, Greg, is like, you know, like like you say, it's the number one show. No, he's he's fantastic. Uh, we, you know, he takes some shots at my wardrobe, but he's just upset because it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't come in kid sizes. <laughs> So he's mad, you know. We, I told him we can't all afford to shop in the Gary Coleman collection. Remember the kid from Different Strokes, you know? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, remember he said, "What you talking about?" Remember he always say, "What are you talking about?" What you talking about, Gutfeld? What you talking about? I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Well, the, here's the point. Last night, okay, uh, Larry Kudlow, one of the guests, brought up the fact that you know it's technically a violation of federal law to be marching outside the home of justices. But is there a world where Merrick Garland isn't prosecuting these people because he's seen the videos and he realizes they really need the exercise? <laughs> I don't know, but there's always, uh, you know, there's always this, this double standard. They've investigated whistleblowers have come forward from the FBI and told us over two dozen cases of moms and dads being investigated by the FBI for showing up at school board meetings and speaking up for their kids. Mm-hmm. And yet we have uh, these protesters for now over a month in front of Supreme Court justices' homes, trying to intimidate the justice, trying to influence a decision in direct violation of the statute, and nothing seems to happen. And they postpone a bill to give their family protection until today. So uh, it's it's just another double standard from, from the left. But, Jimmy, this intimidation, I, I mean, understand the pattern. We first had the confirmation you know, fiasco that was the, the, the Kavanaugh confirmation where they lied about Judge Kavanaugh, made all this – that whole debacle. Then we have Schumer on the, on the Capitol – or excuse me, on the, on the steps of the Supreme Court saying what he said. You will really unleash yeah. the whirlwind. You will pay the price. Blah, blah, blah. And then, then we have uh, uh, 14 months ago the chairman of the Judiciary Committee in the House, Jerry Naver, introducing legislation to pack the court. Mm-hmm. Th- then we have the – over the last several months, the sustained attack on Justice Thomas and his wife. Then we have uh, the, the leaked draft opinion, which has never happened before. Then we have all the, all the protests taking place, and then you had the Judiciary Committee hold a hearing on the issue, on the Dobbs – the issue in, in front of the court on the, on the Dobbs case, hold a hearing just a few weeks ago while the justices are deliberating, while the decision is pending. That, that was the famous hearing where the Democrat mm-hmm. witness said men could get pregnant. <laughs> and so that is intimidation, and then you have an assassination attempt on Justice Kavanaugh, and Nancy Pelosi says – 
no one's in danger last week. No, like, what? It, what? It, That's the so. When I say intimidation, it is definitely what they're trying to do. Yeah, you have to. Th- you have to think on some level. It is because when you hear that people are showing up to this school where Amy Coney Barrett's yeah. kids go. There's no yep. world where that's legitimate, you know, you know, protest. It's not, okay, because it's we know where your kids go to school. That's very much intimidation. Yeah. And again, you're Total. right. You're right to say they're just fine with it because of the right. If if someone said they were gonna beat Justice Sotomayor in Scrabble tonight, we would have the National Guard around every, you know, liberal justice's home. Uh, but no one yeah. takes that threat serious from this show. We're not gonna beat anybody in Scrabble anytime soon on this show. Not not gonna yeah. I went to community college and majored in intro to Xbox. I'm not a threat in Scrabble. Uh, other things <laughs> <laughs> well no it, it's 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 so true and and this intimidation is broader it's it's the same reason that uh, dhs set up the disinformation governance board it's the same reason that the justice department did the memo targeting moms and dads to show up at school board meetings treating them as as domestic terrorists it's all about intimidating chilling speech and going after your political opponents and it's 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 a dangerous thing, but that's unfortunately okay. just how the left operates. Well, you make that point, and and it brings me to a good segue. I think this is the issue a lot of people have on the right with red flag laws, is that yeah. if the government is trying to designate anyone who disagrees with them politically as an enemy of the state, you know what's really to stop them from being the arbiters of these red flag laws and disarming their critics. I mean, I think that's a valid concern on the right. Do you? Oh, it's a, it's a total concern. Because understand how the, the, the bill the Democrats passed last week here in the House on red flags. Now, the Senate's doing something different. The Senate's trying to bribe states to, to pass something similar. But the bill that was passed last week uh, uh, dealing with the federal government says if someone doesn't like you, they can go to a judge or to law enforcement and say, I, I, think, I think Jimmy – I think he's unsafe, mentally unstable, and he, he, his Second Amendment liberty should be taken away from him. And at that hearing, which happens 24 hours after someone makes that claim, uh, at that hearing, you're not allowed to be there. You're not allowed to be there and put on the case. And then some kind, sometime subsequent to that, there's a, there's a, quote, hearing where you are allowed to appear, but the standard of proof is lower for the government. It's not beyond a reasonable doubt. It's a lower standard for you regarding your property, your gun or guns, your Second Amendment liberty. You talk about an attack on the Second Amendment and due process. I don't know what, what, how you could have a, a bigger attack. So th- that, is, that is what's wrong with this thing and why we were all opposed to it. I hate this concept because it's – it is just so contrary to the Bill of Rights and the Constitution. Yeah, well, they're not big fans of either of those things. And, and my bigger issue, again, is it's just the targeting of the law-abiding yeah. citizen. It's not going yep. after the root problem here when it comes to shootings. And I, I think that's the biggest issue I have, whether we're talking about January 6th, whether we're talking about gun control, whatever we're talking about. There's a bigger concern with pushing an agenda and, and leveraging whatever the conflict happens to be than solving the problem. I mean, the end result January 6th is what? We've had two elections come and go where the losing side didn't think the result was legitimate. But I feel like the committee is being used to kind of stop any type of probe into how legitimate these elections are. And the issue will persist because what they want you to believe is, you know, calling shenanigans on the way we voted in 2020 is going to inspire more attacks. But if the standard is that anybody who questions an election belongs in jail, why didn't we arrest everybody on the Democratic Party after 2016? 
Well, up until like late in October of, of 2020, Secretary Clinton was still claiming that the 2016 election was stolen from her. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think Stacey Abrams has ever conceded the governor's race from, from more than four years ago. So, uh, I mean, it's OK for the left to do that. But you and I, I don't think I know I haven't. I don't think you've ever said that this election was stolen or rigged. What we've said is there are big concerns and, and there are unconstitutional changes made by states mm-hmm. regarding election law. We've said those are problems and we should investigate. We call for an uh, Congressman Comer, who's the top Republican on the uh, Oversight Committee, and I called for investigations the week after the election because we simply said lots of Americans, more than half the electorate, even some Democrats have concerns about this election. Why don't we do an investigation at the congressional level where we'll get the kind of attention that it deserves and look into it? And the Democrats said, no, we're not going to do that. So, I, again, I, I think that would have been helpful to everyone, to the entire country, not just the Republican Party, but the entire country. But Democrats would have had none of it. Yeah, that's what sucks, because we could use the peace of mind in this moment, and we don't really have it. And, you right. know, Trump put out like a 12 page. He was fired up yesterday. I mean, he must have shot. Yeah. A, he must have shot a good score on the golf course yesterday because he got in front of the typewriter. I mean, 12 pages is big, man. And, uh, yeah, you, know, you, you know, it's a big statement when there's a bibliography at the end. But, uh, you know, he basically says, you know, January 6th is designed to stop him from running again. Do you kind of feel like that's the point? Because I'm of two minds when it comes to this committee. What They're clearly gaslighting us because they said, well, you know, we're, we have proof that, you know, he coordinated these attacks on the Capitol. We're heading into day three. I feel like if they had that proof, not only would they have shown it by now, but it would have leaked by now. No. Yeah. There's yeah, right. I mean, no, I think you're right. Uh, their goal that they, they told us it's to stop Trump from running. It's in the Electoral College. And, of course, with hundreds of witnesses, thousands of hours of testimony, Basically, in the first two hearings, I don't know that we learned a whole lot that we didn't already know, mm-hmm. and, and you're, you're sort of left with, well, if, if this is what they're going to do without any opposition, without any cross-examination, as we talked about, it's like, mm-hmm. okay, I guess, I guess this is what they're going to do. We'll see what unfolds over the next few things, but yeah, the president's statement was – was I think great, and, and and it's his birthday today, so I oh. think he's probably like you said, he's fired up and ready to go, and oh, yeah. uh, and making sure the facts get out there. Oh no, it's a if it's his birthday, it's a big day at McDonald's down in South Florida. <laughs> I mean, man, guy guy likes his McDonald's, man. I, mean, I respect yeah. it. I grew up in a I grew up in a McDonald's house uh, out here. Yeah. And uh, I mean, one of the highlights, probably the reason I look like I'm in my third trimester is uh, when I was when I was like three years old, I was at McDonald's and I I won a gift card for five free Happy Meals. And uh, I mean, when you're a little kid, I mean, a Happy Meal was everything. Yeah, no, that's huge. Big, big, big currency. And I went to McDonald's and I ordered all five of them the same day and ate them. I'm not proud. but. But that's how it went down. Uh, we we were yeah. an eating family. That's why I fit in with yeah. with the fourth district of Ohio. We got big eaters out in your district. Well, the fair season's coming, and sugar waffles at the All Glaze County Fair yep. uh, and Peppelman family. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a real deal. There's a common name up there. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, you know, that's you, good. You need to get back and get some sugar waffles at at, at one of the fairs there, Ogles County. You can go to Allen County later in the summer, down to Champaign or Shelby County, any of those counties in West Central Ohio. Oh, we'll be there. We're gonna, you know, where else we're gonna go? Me and Lincoln Fela like to go to the old barn out back, out in Lima, 
And, yeah, yeah, uh, I've been there. Sure. Oh, I'm, sure, yeah, sure. I'm sure you have. I don't, I, we've been there. I'm not sure we're allowed back in because we've put up some big numbers. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the other place is Kewpie. It's Yes, Kewpie uh, hamburgers. The burgers and the mall. You get the burger in the mall. Yeah. Um, you know, that'll fit right in with that 16 Happy Meals you got one day when you were kids, <laughs> whatever that number was. That, you'll love it there, man. No, I, I've eaten Kewpie up in Lima. There's two locations. I've eaten both of them, man. Yeah. Dude, you yeah, don't know what you're right. messing with. I, I know this district well. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable! Oh, they're great people. Great yeah. people in the fourth. They're, they're the they're the best. They're the best of the best, and they like their high school football. So Lincoln Failer, really quick, he's getting he's in spring mini camp right now for middle school football, and uh, yeah. you know I told you he's a freak. He's like six foot five as a thirteen year old, and you know yeah, we we awesome. I know we were trying to sell him to a circus and just make some money, but uh, <laughs> he he made the honor roll, so now we got to keep him. It's like a whole to do, but uh, he's he's getting in well, shape for he, football. Yeah. You got him lifting? Uh, oh, he's lifting. He's doing it all. I got him doing push-ups, yeah, deadlifts, lift. squats. I mean, it's, yeah, yes. Uh, you know, the old the stronger athlete's a better athlete. I don't care what the game is. Uh, and, you know, you can football, wrestling, basketball. Try. I don't care. Stronger's better. You got to. You got to make sure they're doing some strength training. That's now, great. That's you're 100 percent right. The only problem is, it's like. I do slap box this kid a lot, and I don't want to make him too strong. You know what I mean? So I've got to I've got to look out for my own interests too. Like I want the Clark Rams to have a good season, but at the same time, I don't want to be the third ranked slap boxer in my house between my wife and my son. It's bad enough I can't take my farm girl wife, but now I'm going to get beat up by my son. That's not cool, man. She's a she's a good girl from Western Ohio. That's why you can't take her. Yeah, good, good yeah. for her. Good for you. Well, that was a good campaign speech to close on. Good job. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. We'll talk. Talk soon, brother. Great work. All right. Thank Thanks, you. Jim. Take care. See you, buddy. There he goes. The great Jim Jordan talking up the 4th Congressional District of Ohio. They are the best people in the world. It's the one, you know, the tragedy of me is I got this cool media job where I'm, on, I'm all over the TV. In the next hour, we're going to commercial. I'm going to do America Reports with Sandra Smith on the show. It's great. I'm going to run off, hosting my own radio show, doing a TV. I'm a, you know, highest later, rated late night show in the country. Really cool. But I do wish I lived in the middle of the country. The people who live in, like, the East Coast or the West Coast that call you guys the flyover states. Oh, my God. You guys have the best quality of life in the world. You know, it's one of my favorite terms you ever hear somebody try to slander the Midwest with. Is they're like, oh, these people in their McMansions, bro. I'm like, what do you That sounds amazing. An affordable mansion? A brand new home? Yeah, that, that sounds a lot better than what we're living in here in New York City, where you got seven people sharing a studio apartment, and you can't walk out the front door without seeing somebody taking a dump on a sidewalk. Exactly. But all the people here think you're the crazy one. They're like, oh, these people in the middle of the country. Yo, the middle of the country rules. That's why a lot of you guys watch me on TV and like what I do on the radio. It's because I'm one of you. I just happen to be trapped here in New York in this disgusting hellhole of a city. Uh, but I'll be out there soon. I'll be in Jim Jordan's district, and you damn well better believe we're eating a QP hamburger when we get there. Back after this. The show that's standing up to big tech. Get those nerds! 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 You're listening to Fox Across America. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Got a big hour coming up. Daniel Turner. Founder and executive director of Power of the Future is going to be here. But joining us now, batting leadoff, Karen's out in San Diego, California. Yo, Karen. Hey. Hey, girlfriend. Jimmy. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, hey, come. Happy, 
Big, yeah. A big deal. Happy Flag Day. America's <laughs> Flag Day. Imagine that. And, and happy birthday to Donald Trump. How, Thank you. How about it? For your service. Yes. We're having fun. He yeah, he's listening. Yeah. You know he is because Jim Jordan was just on and he loves Jim Jordan. So if you have a message, mm-hmm. for, if you have a message for Trump, shout it out now because we have a minute before yes. we go to commercial. Thank you for your hard work in serving the American people in this country. Oh, there you go. Thank um, you so much. I'll let you know if he gets back to you. Um, really quick yeah. in San Diego. Uh, you're, a, <laughs> you're a huge fan of Joe Biden, obviously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. No. no. I love it. Did you no. ever notice, really quick, because we have 30 seconds before we go to break, I just wanted to make sure I got you in. Did you ever notice, mm-hmm. I always leave the phones open and say, if anybody wants to defend Biden, call in and defend him. We never mm-hmm. get that call. Have you noticed that? Yeah, I have noticed that. It's because liberals don't listen to Fox. <laughs> well, even if they did, what would they defend? Oh, my goodness. Karen, I'm um, glad you get it. Uh, I'm going to lose you. Happy birthday, Donald Trump. Karen loves you. I kind of love Karen. We're out of here. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Here we go. Here we go. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world broadcasting. As we always do from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City, it is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, and we are getting ready to bring you just an embarrassment of radio riches. Daniel Turner, he is the founder and executive director of Power the Future. He is an energy guy. He stops by to assess the president's off-again, on-again trip to Saudi Arabia to beg the Saudis to increase production at a time when we really could be fighting all of our fuel crisis problems right here in the United States of America. Bingo. And that's the biggest problem a lot of people have with Biden right now is we are not on any level putting this country first. Welcome to the Biden administration, home to the new slogan, America last. Oh, Judge Janine, she's the best. Judge Janine and I are going to be appearing. I tell you guys way too much, but Judge Janine and I are going to be appearing together on the five on the 4th of July. I'm doing double duty that day. I'm going to be on the five special edition of the five with Jesse, Dana Perino, Judge Janine, Jessica Tarloff going to be great. And then that night I will be hosting a live fireworks event. Uh, I'll be out in Los Angeles. I'll be at the Santa Monica Pier with Jenny and Lincoln, uh, hoping that, you know, none of those crazy winos throws me off the side of the pier. You know what I'm saying? It's crazy. The pier's nuts, man. Uh, But nobody's crazier. Nobody. Nobody. Than the folks who think Biden is doing a good job with this economy. Okay, I'm going to play you some sound. But before I do, I just, you know, my goal on this show and understand we're broadcasting is a historic week of broadcasting. We're on two phenomenal news stations out in Beaver County, Pennsylvania. We're in Beaver Falls. We're in Ambridge. It's just, you know, these are wild times. Okay, my job when I come on your air every day, whether it's, you know, the first week or the hundredth week, whatever the case may be, is I just want us to have an honest conversation. That's what I am, a conversationalist, not an activist. I don't care who you vote for. I'm a former New York City cab driver. And my favorite thing about that job 
at least that I can talk about on the air. Uh, my favorite, because you see some weird stuff driving a cab, uh, but my favorite thing about that job is that you would just get into conversations with people. And because you were never going to see most of them again, because they were going to an airport, they were skipping town, they didn't live here, it allowed us to just be like weapons-grade honest with each other, just level with each other. This is what I think. Well, this is what I think. And you could just slap each other with your opinions and just have a good conversation. It wasn't personal. We didn't hate you. We weren't trying to cancel you. And it was productive. The problem with our politics now is we don't actually have a conversation. Whenever they're like, oh, America needs to have a conversation. You're like, I'll start first. You know, they say something, you disagree. And they're like, well, your wife's a hoe. You know, nobody actually has a conversation. It just descends into character assassinations. It just descends into, well, how do I shut this person up and ban them from saying the things that are problematic for me? Nobody wants a real rigorous debate. You know, if we were talking about the economy, we would be talking about exactly what I'm going to read to you. But you won't hear this out of the White House. Now, understand this. The clips I'm about to play you are from Joe Biden. He spoke earlier in the day to the AFL-CIO. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did happen, and I'm going to play the clips. Okay, but this is the top line, okay, on our economy right now. Okay, the Labor Department released its wholesale inflation report for May. The producer price index, this is uh, it measures the inflation at the wholesale level, meaning what they're paying before they pass it on to you. In May, okay, the wholesalers, their price index, okay, increased 10.8% over the previous year. 10.8%. You dig? It went up. On a monthly basis, prices climbed by 0.8%. The price for goods jumped another 1.4% last month. This comes after a separate Labor Department report released last week, which showed the consumer price index increased 8.6% in May from a year ago. So as Biden gets ready to fly out to the Middle East, you understand he was yelling and screaming today about how it's not his fault. He doesn't want to hear about runaway spending. But the numbers don't support that. Okay, we're in a really bad spot, and it's not because of Vladimir Putin. It's because of Joe Biden. It's because of the mismanagement within this administration, whether we're talking about the economy, whether we're talking about COVID, we're talking about gas or anything in between. They've just screwed up everything they touch. And here is Biden telling you it's not his fault. But again, this is such a tacit indifference to the real time suffering people are experiencing that you really have to, you know, you almost have to wonder. It's like everything he says is coming out of a teleprompter. But who the hell thought this was the right thing to put into the prompter? Listen to this. It's clip 39. Since I took office to your help, families are carrying less debt nationwide. They have more savings nationwide. More Americans applied for new small businesses last year than ever before in American history. You don't have a clue. Folks, breaking on Fox Business right now is national Credit card debt spikes under Biden, meaning they have more debt, not less debt. When he talks about people have more savings now than they did when he took office, yo, the stock market has wiped out every single gain it's made under Joe Biden, meaning we're back to Trump numbers, pre-Biden numbers. There were gains made under Biden. They're gone. They're not there anymore, which means you don't have more savings. 
he was alluding to the fact, and this is what he piggybacks off of all the time, is Biden's a shameless politician, just a crazy liar. OK, they all lie, but he lies on another level, like a guy that's willing to get out there and say that voter ID is Jim Crow on steroids. You know, that's next level lying. Do you understand? He's targeting Georgia for 17 days of early voting that require ID, even though he lives in a state called Delaware that has zero early voting. Who's suppressing the votes? The guy who let you vote for 17 early days of showing ID or the guys that don't let you vote early at all, whether they have an ID or not. OK, that's Delaware. That's where he comes from. These are crazy lies. But he loves to conflate pandemic statistics with real statistics like when he says we've created more jobs than anybody else in american history you're alive he hasn't created jobs he's presiding over an economy that reopened because of the pandemic had shut shut it down it reopened people went back to jobs they had previously been working one of the lies he told during the speech today is Donald Trump left office with less jobs than when he came into office. And, and let me ask you a question, because Trump had presided over the lowest recorded unemployment rate in history. OK, why did he actually leave in a quarter where jobs were going away because a pandemic had shut down the whole entire economy? Yeah, if you can't go to work, if you can't go to school, if you can't go to church, if you can't go on a plane, if you can't go on a train, if you can't take a cruise, I'm going to go out on a limb and say none of those in industries are hiring. But again, this is the lie of conflation because he's omitting key, uh, you know, context to these claims. But here he is talking about the runaway spending. I don't want to hear about the spending. It's clip 40. I don't want to hear any more of these lies about reckless spending. We're changing people's lives. I mean, come on. Shut up, will you shut up? Yeah, they're changing your life, all right. You were gonna put gas in your car, but you can't. You are gonna retire, but you can't. You are gonna buy baby formula, but you can't. That's where we are right now. He's changing people's lives, but not in a good way, in a really bad way. And when it comes to answering for this sort of thing, there is no answer other than, you know, Putin's price hike, other word salad. Folks, we have a baby formula crisis in this country. Babies don't have formula. Here's Corinne Jean-Pierre giving you the update, which is that there's no update. Clip three. So I have two questions on baby formula. So first, um, what is the White House... What is the latest update the White House has received on the current infant formula situation across the country? Yeah, let me see if I have anything new for you on that. Uh, I think it's been a couple of days since we have asked, been asked that question. Wow. Okay. I don't have anything new. I know we made some announcements last week. Uh, I, don't, I just don't have them in front of me. You suck! Really think about that. Okay, she's leafing through a binder. She doesn't have an answer. Hey, is there anything in the binder about baby formula? Well, we haven't been asked a question on baby formula, so I didn't have anything prepared. Yo, okay, it shouldn't take a question being asked. For you to have any type of an update on baby formula, why? Because if you're working on the issue, then there's going to be an update. When there's no update, what you're telling us is you're not working on the issue. He knows what he's talking about. And that's reality, okay? They've moved on to other issues. We got January 6th going on. Let's talk about that. Putin's price hike. We're going to Saudi Arabia. Do you realize what's going on over in Saudi Arabia? It's really fascinating. 
I covered this on Kennedy last week. You know, they've got this rival golf league underway that's trying to buy up American golf stars like Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson and get them to go golf in Saudi Arabia. And, uh, you know, they're paying them a ton of money. Saudis are making a ton of money off of oil. Okay, at a time when Biden had declared the Saudis a pariah state, he's now showing up there, hat in hand, asking them for oil. And if that weren't bad enough, I played you a clip yesterday that I can play you again today. Here he is in one soundbite. This is fascinating. In one soundbite, he's saying, I haven't decided if I'll go to Saudi Arabia, but admits that he's going in the same 30-second soundbite. Here it is, clip 19. Have you decided, sir, whether to go to Saudi Arabia? No, not yet. What would be the, uh, holding up the decision at this point? Are there commitments you're waiting for from the Saudis or on the negotiations over peace? No, no. The commitments from the Saudis don't relate to anything having to do with energy. It happens to be a larger meeting taking place in Saudi Arabia. That's the reason I'm going. And it has to do with national security for them, for Israelis. I have a program. Anyway, it has to do with much larger issues than having to do with the energy. This man needs a retirement home and a warm bowl of soup. Really think about that. Have you decided whether or not you're going to Saudi Arabia? No. Does this have anything to do with the Israelis, the security situation? No, no, it's bigger than that. That's why I'm going to Saudi Arabia. Did you listen to that? You figured out whether you're going? No. But I'm going. This is crazy. But this is what we're dealing with, man. We got a guy whose elevator doesn't go all the way to the top floor. But we've got a guy at a time when you can't afford to put gas in your car. You don't have formula for your baby. Inflation's out of control. The economy's cratering. You know how we had Baghdad uh, Bob, who was telling you everything was fine in Iraq when it was clearly bad and it was getting on TV? We're in that same – it's like a Baghdad Biden situation where he's telling you the economy's bouncing back. We're doing a good job. Listen to Corinne Jean-Pierre, the diversity hire they put at the White House podium. She has no idea what she's doing. has nothing to do with the race or gender. I am fine with us appointing a black female press secretary. In fact, there are millions listening who could do the job better than her. So this is not about her race or her gender. This is about the fact that she sucks. That's true. That is true. Here she is with a straight face telling you the economy's bouncing back. Clip one. He has made this uh, his top economic priority as we're talking about inflation, as we're talking about uh, the economy. Like, we have to remember where this country was uh, more than a year ago when he walked into office. The economy uh, was not in a great place. And now we're seeing an economy that's bouncing back. Eight million jobs, um, 8.7 million jobs created. Unemployment is low. So that is why we believe we're in a good position to take on inflation. Why'd she do that, Jim? Because we are living in the death of shame. Okay, this is like whenever you hear things, oh, we're in a good position, are we? Because it's at a 40-year high and it just went up. I don't know that the position is as good as you're telling me it is. You know, gas just broke another all-time high today. It's now at 501 a gallon. Are we really? Is this the the good position? Really? I'm telling you, man, we're living in this weird death of shame where people don't want to own their failures. They don't want to confront our problems head on, which is why we keep getting this circus act out of the White House that tells you everything's going good when it's clearly going the wrong way. 
The Griswolds are back in a comedy so good it's raising prices everywhere. Introducing National Lampoon's Inflation. Ah! Congress has spent the country into oblivion, and now they want to spend even more. I think you're all in the head. But the rising cost of food has the Griswolds making tough choices. Well, am I going to eat? Or am I going to starve to death? Will they find a creative way to come up with the cash for their pricey new lifestyle? You, freeze, freeze. Come on, lie down. Let's go lie down. Or are they all living on borrowed time? Why don't you just ask him for the money, Eddie? You sure as hell can't take a hint. National Lampoon's Inflation. We're not really violent people. This is our first gun. Now playing in stressed out households everywhere. And coming soon to a bankrupt theme park near you. Sorry folks, park's closed. The moose out front should have told you. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Cross America with Jimmy Fallon. If you want a quick laugh, here's Corinne Jean-Pierre saying with a straight face that Biden is running again in 2024. <laughs> I will bet anyone listening anything you want to bet me that Joe Biden is not running in 2024. He didn't run in 2020. He stayed home. The media ran for him. OK, Joe Biden won't be running a 5K in 2024, let alone for president. But here's Corinne Jean-Pierre with a straight face saying he is. Clip 10. And then quickly, is the president running for re-election? He has, an, oh, first of all, let's, let's reset for a second. I cannot talk about uh, elections. I cannot be a political analyst from here uh, or, uh, you know, or the midterms or anything like that, or including 2024. The president, as you know, has been asked that question many times, and he has answered it. Uh, his answer has been pretty simple, which is, yes, he's running for re-election. I'm, I can't say more than that. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. You don't have a clue. No clue, Judge Janine. None. Zero zip. But here she is. She went on last night on CNN with Don Lemon and said with a straight face that, again, that she shocked anyone would even ask because he's running and no one can even keep up with him as it stands. People aren't buying it, CNN, you dumb bastards. I mean, if you want to talk about a brazen lie, this is insanity. This is Corinne Jean-Pierre talking to Don Lemon, clip 11. Does the president have the stamina, physically and mentally, do you think, to continue on even after 2024? Don, you're asking me this question. Oh, my gosh. He's the president of the United States. You know, it, he I can't even keep up with it. We just got back from New Mexico. We just got back um, from California. Uh, that is uh, I, 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 that is not a question that we should be even asking. What would you do with the brain if you had one? How dare you even question the stamina of this man? You know, the rapidly rising uh, um, uh, in with, uh, with uh, I don't know. Uh, this is clearly a guy who's just, a, you know, sharp as a tack. Make sure the television, the, excuse me, make sure you have the record player on at night. The, the, the phone. Now, come on. This is obviously a guy. You know, who's on top of things. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international effort to pressure. I mean, come on, Corinne Jean-Pierre. I, can, I can't even keep up with the guy. What are you talking about? You ever watch this guy walk across the White House lawn? It's uncomfortable. And I don't take any joy in saying this. 
but you watch the guy walk in them. He doesn't do the White House just to answer this. Just call the lid at 2 p.m. Eastern on the East Coast. They called the lid. He's done for the day. Mr. Stamina. Mr. I can't even keep up with him. I guess you're just not equal, even though Biden famously said that in the Constitution it says we hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by the goal you. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. They're playing the stray cats. They must think this show is in need of a morale boost, and they're right about that. Uh, First, Joe Biden destroyed your economy. Now he's ruining the world of professional golf. This was brought to my attention by the next guest, who is very much the Tiger Woods of cable news pundits, uh, the founder and executive director of Power of the Future. Daniel Turner comes off the course and has a little chat with me in the clubhouse. Hey, man. Um, am I the Tiger Woods for my excellence, or am I the Tiger Woods because of my proclivity to hang out at the Waffle House? <laughs> well, you just don't want to be the Tiger Woods because of your driving. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> there are, you know, there's there's certain a lot of different fun, fronts Tiger is fighting the battle on. But no, Daniel Turner, it's good to have you here, and uh, it, it's almost apropos that you had texted me this morning about how Biden's, I guess you said his energy prices are how we wound up in the position we are in Saudi Arabia with guys like Phil Mickelson getting bought off with some dirty money to come play golf. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, his energy policies have have done a lot of bad things, right? We all just look at what we're paying to fill up our car. We're paying, looking at utility bills, food bills. I mean, he has made energy very, very expensive. Mm -hmm. But if you are a, 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 a... a Middle Eastern state um, like the Saudis or Yemen or Iran, or if you're one of those nations where 80, 90 percent of your economy comes from fossil fuels, he's making you very, very rich. Yes. I mean, the Saudis are making an additional, I figure this conservatively, Jimmy, mm-hmm. they're making an additional $350 million a day on oil and gas leases. And the Saudi kingdom is very small. And when you have half your population oppressed, you don't have to spend a lot of money, right? There's no girls' education <laughs> programs in Saudi Arabia, so they really don't have to spend an awful lot of money. Um, are you, so wait, the Saudis are making a fortune. Are, are, so are you telling me that the Saudis are not putting any of this money towards gender studies? Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> and women driving schools, right? They are not. Oh, you know, man. They're, I'm driver's ed for young girls in the South. No, it's terrible, and I feel bad even laughing at it. But you have to because the world is on fire. You see, this is the thing, Turner, and you get it. You know, we all try to be self-aware and show compassion. But the truth is the country and the world have gotten to such a place where we were kind of misprioritizing our battles. They'd get madder at you and me for laughing about this than they would at the actual Saudis for doing the oppressive things they do. Or, I don't know, Biden for going to the Saudis hat in hand. Didn't he declare them a pariah? nation before saying yesterday he wasn't sure if he was going to go, but then concluding that he was going in the same soundbite? Absolutely. You know, he's, he's going in in July to ask them to produce more money. Now, if you care about cultural issues, mm-hmm. right, don't forget it is Pride Month, Jimmy. I've seen your flag all over the all place. All over the place. You know, well, well, how much more, how many more gay people are the Saudis going to throw off of rooftops <laughs> Now that they have more money, because that's what we're doing, right? When the Saudis have more money, they don't advance freedom and prosperity. They double down on their Wahhabism, and and they oppress more people. They probably fund more terrorism. And so wouldn't the goal be how do we not give the Saudis more money? 
Yeah. Right? Isn't, isn't energy policy is not just about um, our prosperity and our way of life, but it's also about bankrupting some really, really bad actors. Russia is making more money than they ever have because 45 percent of Russia's economy is oil and gas, and they're selling it in droves to the Chinese. You know, you know China's not paying attention to the Russian oil and natural gas ban. No. So China's loving that we have banned their oil and natural gas because they're buying it at a better price. I was just going to say they're getting it cheaper. And uh, the last I checked, China wasn't really that concerned about uh, climate change. They don't really <laughs> they, they don't really mention it in between the openings of coal plants. They're cutting a ribbon every other hour over in China on coal. But we're being told that yeah. we're somehow saving the world. There's never been a dumber time to be alive, Daniel Turner, has there? No, there hasn't, and 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 the the, the under the, the larger you know thirty thousand foot philosophy I'm trying to get at is is world leaders you know are trying to push a certain culture, mm-hmm. and the West has tried to push a certain culture, and we can only do that when our our, our country is is surviving and flourishing, mm-hmm. and our values are able to be transmitted. And how do we transmit them through music, through art, through TV, through movies? Well, there are lots of bad actors in the world who want their culture to dominate, right? The the Wahhabis want their culture to dominate. They want radical Islam to dominate. So they're going to try to find ways to do it. How are they trying it? And we know the Chinese have been doing this for decades, right? Heck, we can't make certain movies unless China likes it. Um, but, But how are the Saudis trying to dominate culture now? Mm-hmm. They wrote Phil Mickelson a two hundred million dollar check, and all of America is is horrified. How dare he accept? You, would you turn down two hundred million dollars? I am pretty sure <laughs> I would not turn down two hundred million dollars from from the Saudis to go play golf. And so, what have they done? They have made their culture a little bit more accepted in the world. That's right, a, and they're only able to do it because they have more money. That's a really brilliant point. Uh, you know, most people wouldn't turn down a two hundred dollar gas card at this point, let alone two hundred million. <laughs> you know, no way. You know, there are reports that Tiger Woods turned down a billion dollars to play over there. But I want to clear this up. The actual issue is he didn't turn it down. He just wanted the money in singles, and they couldn't quite. You know. <laughs> Couldn't quite get it counted out in time for him to head down to the dollhouse. You know what I mean? You don't want to show up at the clunky bills. You're Tiger Woods. He's trying to make ends meet, too. Daniel Turner's on the line. He's the founder and the executive director of Power of the Future. But here's another point of clarification I wanted to run by you as the energy guy. Okay, my, my, in, in my estimation of what we've done in cutting production here and, you know, kind of outsourcing the production to other parts of the world is we're actually polluting more by not making it here because we burn it cleaner which means we're buying it in a filthier place and we're using fuel to ship it here. Is that not the case? Absolutely. I mean, when Biden goes over in July to ask them to produce more oil, um, the Saudis don't have the same environmental and regulatory standards we do. Mm -hmm. So they're producing more of it in Saudi Arabia. They're going to put it on tankers, right? It's got to go through the the standard Straits of Hormuz and let's hope the Iranians don't launch bombs at it, um, which they probably will, right? When's the last time we've talked about the Straits of Hormuz? We haven't Mm -hmm. because we haven't needed their oil, but get ready. It's going to happen again. And then the tankers got to go all the way around the, you know, through the Straits of Hormuz, Persian Gulf, et cetera, et cetera. And then it's got to make its way across America. How many hundreds of thousands of, of gallons of diesel are those tankers going to burn is it better than if we just produced more oil from from Texas and from Alaska? If you truly believe in global climate change, if it's all one big happy world and and an elephant sneezing in Africa is no different than an elephant sneezing in the Bronx Zoo, 
if you believe that, well, then why why would be we be okay with that much more emissions, that much more of a heavy carbon footprint producing Saudi oil? We wouldn't. No, you. But no. that's just proof. It's all one big lie. No, you're spot on. You're 100 percent spot on. But but to clarify, the elephant sneezing in the Bronx Zoo is actually just allergic to the smell of marijuana. So it is a different. It's 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 a different sneeze. I love the Bronx Zoo. It's the best. But we got some real winners uh, going to the Bronx Zoo. I take Lincoln every year just to remind them to stay stay in school. But uh, <laughs> we're talking. I, I haven't been to the Bronx Zoo since I was a kid, and I've been dying to go back. Um, I, I so maybe we'll, well, I'll go with you and Lincoln sometime. Well, I used to go as a kid, and I used to love it. You would be so welcome to go. But the one thing you got to know about a teenage boy is they're obsessed because they grew up in the internet era of poor Harambe, the gorilla that got shot at the Cincinnati Zoo. So you never... Rest w- in peace. Yeah, God, God rest his soul. You'll never walk three feet with a teenage boy without getting a Harambe meme shoved into your face, some type of Harambe song, or do it for Harambe. Lincoln is a menace at a zoo. He heckles, he screams, you can't guard a man the man. And his whole point, just so you understand, is he's trying to embarrass his mom because she embarrasses easy and she'll leave upset and he thinks it's funny and deep down i do too but i have to show some compassion so to give an example turner to see you got to know this you just got to know this when we go to say disneyland out in california because lincoln is 13 but he's like six foot five he's a tall person so he does this thing where he acts like you know an adult who might be a little slow who's way too into mickey mouse and he has physically screamed at the guy in the costume to the point that Mickey Mouse runs away from us, like in fear that some guy escaped a home and is going to pull that scene in The Revenant with a bear humps Leonardo DiCaprio. He thinks my kid's going to tackle Mickey. It's, it's really something to see. Like, if you're, you know, you already said you should come to the zoo with us. There's no backing out. Now you just can't leave. We're going to the zoo when you're in town. How about that, Turner? Well, now I look forward to it. And I got to tell you, whoever that Mickey was was bad because normally they should be going after the 13 year old boys aggressively that's part of their training in Disney World so that person needs to be fired well well, that Mickey was really running away because I assumed my son's gender that's why he was you know (laughs) you know how Disney works now he's like what are you talking about this is uh, Peter Pan sexual we don't we don't assume gender on the Peter Pan sexual ride come on man But, you know, the Disney thing is is part of this larger conversation. You can take it full circle. It's part of this larger conversation of culture, mm-hmm. right? And, and, and we allow certain cultural icons to come into society, to dominate us, to, to have influence of the way we see the world or think of things. Mm-hmm. Parents are starting to push back against a lot of Disney. Look at what prices or, stock or share owners did with Netflix when they yeah. got a little too woke and how Netflix has changed their tune, right? Yeah. But at least those are things that we control as a society because we own share in them. We can decide not to watch it, not to take our kids there. Mm-hmm. But if we have countries like the Saudis deciding, if we have countries like China deciding, well, we're losing our culture, Western re- real democratic culture for communism or Wahhabism. Yes. And, and the fact that our administration is allowing that because of their terrible policies, it shows how, how, how screwed we are, right? Energy is a lot more than just, oh, it's expensive to fill up my car. Yeah. It is. But it also means that, that we, are, we are allowing radical and you could even say evil 
cultures like Wahhabism is evil, like communism is evil. We're allowing them to have dominance over us because of our policies. Yeah, no, it, it is nuts. We're talking to the great Daniel Turner. He's the founder and executive director of Power of the Future. The one thing, though, is with all of the things that seem to be chaotic and going wrong, I have found the White House press secretary to just be a pillar of competence up there at the podium. I mean, one one smart, reassuring answer after the other. Hey, KJP, any update on this baby formula crisis? Let me check the binder. No. Like, in what world is that an acceptable performance by a White House press secretary? It's, it's remarkable that a question that uh, predictable and also that sensitive and timely doesn't have a well-rehearsed answer. Yeah. Um, but you know why that doesn't is because it's not her kid who can't find formula. If Nancy Pelosi's grandkids could not find baby formula, mm-hmm. it would have been a congressional issue. Oh. But they're exempt from it, just like they were exempt from all the COVID mandates, right? Yeah. Our elected, we're, we're asking our elected officials to live like we do, and they don't. They will always have wine. They will always have private jets. They will always have exemptions from mask mandates. And I guarantee you there was not one member of Congress who couldn't find baby formula. I, in my possession, have two cans of baby formula that I found at my store in rural Virginia that I am driving to my friend in D.C. on Friday because that is how desperate she is trying to find baby formula. And I found it, and I was like, oh, oh, oh score, yeah. uh-huh. and I bought her two cans. So how that much? Didn't happen to, yeah, go ahead. That didn't happen to members of Congress because they don't live the same way that we do, and that's a danger for our society. No, I, I agree. I mean, the only point I would make in Nancy's defense is she's not looking for baby formula. She's looking for a designated driver for her husband. <laughs> He can just somebody who can help him say the alphabet backwards, maybe. I don't know, walk a straight line. You know, she's got other, you know, things on her plate right now, if you will. Yeah. Put the teeth in to chew on. You know, she's got other things. But I didn't know that you're doing like this historic uh, airlift, the baby formula. Now, be honest, yeah. uh, are you, are you going to mark it up on your friend or are you giving it to her at market at regular price? I told my friends when I found it, I said, you have to Venmo me $50 right now or one <laughs> scoop starts going in the garbage. So, yes, I am going to jack up the price. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's, <laughs> that's no. funny. Yeah, I brought your baby uh, formula. You know the scene in Vacation when they fix Cherry Chase's car? He's like, how much I owe you? How much you got? It's going to be the exactly. same thing. Oh. How how much do you want to feed your baby, right? And then we'll we'll, we'll come to the conclusion. So, but but this is tragic, yeah. right? And this is tragic because of incompetence of government, but also again, our government doesn't live the way that we do. John Kerry's still on his private jet, right? And he's not giving it up anytime soon. And Nancy Pelosi knows that her husband can get out of a DUI, and he's not going to not have cocktails this Friday because they don't have to. They don't have to follow our laws. You know, ask Mayor Adams, who's partying till 2 a.m. at a nightclub without a mask. And he's like, well, yeah, but the three-year-old needs to wear a mask. Oh, it's the, right? it's so insane. They yeah. don't live the way we do. And that disconnect is is driving a lot of our civil unrest. You want to know, you make a great point there, is that in a lot of countries where people really do turn on authority, now this is not me calling for a coup or an uprising, but I'm saying this does resemble other countries where there's just like a tacit indifference to what people are going through in real time, and the inflation mm-hmm. is the best example of that. You know, obviously the double standard you cited on masks is a great one, but, you know, when you hear the White House talk about inflation, every time Peter Ducey asks, like, what are you doing? The answer is we know people are hurting. Inflation is tough. Everything's more money now. 
That's not an answer. You know what I'm saying? They're not actually giving answers. And the fact that they don't want to give answers speaks to a greater concern with themselves than the people affected by the policy. I've never seen it this egregious. You know what I mean? Like in politics, there's normally this effort to keep up appearances and act like they care. I've never like have you ever seen it like this where they're just so brazenly like, oh, screw you. It's weird. No. And, and if you were a member of Congress with a, 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 a an infant child, this would have been your moment to shine, right? Mm-hmm. Even Eric Swalwell, who proudly puts the pictures of his kids on every uh, you know Instagram and and mm-hmm. Twitter photo he can, mm-hmm. just to remind his wife that he really didn't cheat with her on a Chinese spy. <laughs> you know, he has pictures of his kids everywhere. This was your moment, Congressman Swalwell, to say, "Well, I have infant children, and I care about the infant formula problem." He didn't, nope. right? Because it doesn't bother him. You know, he would much rather talk about the ethereal threats to our democracy and That's and insane. going after Trump. Um, so you're absolutely right. This disconnect is. Is I've never seen it this bad, and I've never seen it this indifferent at the same time. But mm-hmm. it it will not end well. No. Um, no. You know, it, it will not end well, and and that's the scary thing. Um, I'm not calling for violence. I'm not calling for revolution. I'm not calling for anything. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, if you look at history, when the backlash comes, the backlash is usually worse, and that's not a good thing to be to, to anticipate. But I think it's mm-hmm. inevitable. You know, it's not good. We're getting worked up. All right. It really is time to buy those zoo tickets and calm things down. Yes. So uh, I'll tell Lincoln to get those Harambe memes ready, and uh, I'll see you up in the Bronx, man. And and you tell Lincoln if he wants to try to embarrass someone, I will take that bet because I will embarrass him like he's never been embarrassed before. <laughs> Dude, have you seen the sport coats I wear on TV? He's been embarrassed plenty, <laughs> Turner, but that's hilarious. We're going to have a contest to embarrass <laughs> each other more. I look oh, forward to it, Jimmy. Good stuff. I'll see you soon, brother. You're the best. The legend, Daniel Turner. There he goes. There we go. Back after this. The show that's not afraid to hit the road. The stars at night are big and bright. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl, it is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon getting ready to wrap things up. If you're looking for something to do after the show ends today, what you should do is uh, head over to the Encore.com. It's the EncoreGrill.com. I'm going to be appearing August 19th in the Lake of the Ozarks. So if you're one of our crazy listeners out there, it's the Encore Lakeside Grill and Sky Bar in the Lake of the Ozarks. Tickets at the EncoreGrill.com. Come get rowdy with your radio buddy. And if you're listening on VMT up in Vermont, uh, Friday night, we're going to be at the Spanked Puppy in Colchester, Vermont. Mikey will be there. A couple members of the Fox team will be there with a shock collar to put around Mikey's neck so it doesn't get too rowdy at the bar. It's going to be a wild one. I hope you can make it. You got Friday night uh, this Happens to be June at the Spang Puppy in Colchester and then Friday in August in the Lake of the Ozarks. But either way you slice it, this show is over. Pay up, get out, be a Republican, be a Democrat, just don't be a... The Fox News Rundown, a contrast of perspectives you won't hear anywhere else. Your daily dose of news twice a day. Featuring insight from top newsmakers, reporters, and Fox News contributors. Listen and subscribe now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.